Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. Standing up for the first time in this show's history, Casey. Oh, Alex. I am sitting down. I'm Casey Clapp. That Uh, voice is Casey Clapp. What I wanted to note is that uh, what is, I think there's a scene in the... uh, the 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 famous movie Pearl Harbor with Ben Affleck oh, yes. and uh, the other guy. The when um, was it? President Roosevelt is making a big statement, uh-huh. like he's finally about to be like, "We're doing this," and he stands up out of his chair, Whoa. and everyone's like, <gasps> "That's what I feel like right now." That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to take that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a monumentous <laughs> moment, is what I'm saying. Yes, Casey, I got a standing desk, and I'm extremely pleased with it. I love it so much. Yeah, it moves up and down. If anyone in the background hears a very slow and low pitch, that's Alex now sitting down. Yes. If you hear it again, that is now you standing back up. I I like to swap back and forth at at my leisure. Which you should, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, Casey, we have a few points of order to start the show off with. We do. Give me the gavel, please. Um, Thank you. You almost, like, knocked everything on your desk off with a fist. It's pretty tightly packed over here. Um, Casey, I really quickly want to share a new YouTube channel that I... uh, It's not new. It's new to me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I discovered this YouTube channel that I'm I'm really digging, and I wanted to just, like... Put it out there yeah. and tell people to go look at it and subscribe. Huh. Uh, his name is Dan Keen. Dan K E E N Music. Uh, he is a British composer. He composes for f- films and short films uh-huh. and uh, advertisements and ev- all sorts of things. I think he just also makes music. Yeah, he looks he looks young, Alex. Yeah, I think he's probably like in his early twenties. <laughs> Um, what have we done with our lives? I have, don't don't even go there, Casey. <laughs> I can't right now. You know, uh, I save that for like eleven p.m. In yeah, my bed. Th- that's fair. Julius <laughs> Julius Caesar, when I think he was twenty nine, went to Alexandria, uh-huh. where the uh, the tomb of Alexander the Great was, who had conquered the known world by the time he was twenty nine. Yeah, and Julius Caesar lamented the same as we are, saying, "What have I accomplished?" Wow. Yeah, while he was actively conquering the unknown world. So, Jesus. Anyway. Um, I want to take a quick detour off of this off of this YouTube channel recommendation. Yeah. Somebody asked for you to name the podcast that you talk about so much, this History of Rome podcast. Oh. What is it called and who hosts it? And then we're going to move on. <laughs> you guys, you're going to hate this. 
It's called The History of Rome. Yeah. That's it. It's by, uh, was it? I think his name is Mike Duncan. Okay. And he is a, uh, let me, let me just, let me just get to it. Yeah. Mike Duncan's the guy's name. Cool. Um, it is a, what, 74 hour long podcast in like 30 minute increments. There's 181, 189 episodes, something mm. like that. And, he just, it's the most uh, silly show because he doesn't like, he, you know, we're, 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 we're flair. We got a lot of flair. He doesn't he, do he has no any flair. flair. Like the very first episode, he's like, hello and welcome to the history of Rome. Yeah, he's, he's a white sheet of paper. Exactly. But his jokes are like so good. Like once you listen to it and you kind of get the personality and yeah. then all of a sudden there's this little thing that's popped in there. You're like, what? Oh, that's that was hilarious. He's just extremely oh dry. It, it's so good though. Like it's just it's so well done. Okay, but we're yeah, anyway, go go listen to it. that. The History of Rome by Duncan. Mike Duncan. Go Mike Duncan. go do it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fantastic listen. And while you're at it, go go check out Dan Keen's YouTube channel. He he sets a t- uh, one thing he does often is setting a timer for about 30 minutes. Yeah. And then composes a piece of music with a prompt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh either he's using some new plugin or he composed a short film in an hour. He's he's ex- uh, he's an yeah. extremely talented guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so fun to watch. If you like, it's sort of like Twitch stream style. Like, yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, very cool. I'm gonna check this out, Alex, because yeah. uh, I like the idea of someone like throwing something at somebody, and they're just like, oh, okay, and then just like completely crush it. You know? Yeah, just knock it out of the park. He's a he's a really a wonder to behold. He's yeah. a, he's an ex- extremely talented guy. And if you if you like his videos, tell him completely arbitrary sent you. Yeah, exactly. Casey, th- speaking of things you like you have a point of order oh my god regarding two of your favorite things trees and bikes exactly now that is uh an understatement yeah uh yesterday uh with of course the pedal palooza ride of portland uh pedal palooza festival the naked bike ride yeah that's what that's probably the crown jewel of them but there's also the the prince and bowie ride where they get two different Uh. places if you're a bowie fan you start over here if you're a prince fan you start over there what if you're a fan of both uh you have to make a choice all right but then at the end the both rides come together but the entire one is like dressed in purple listening to nothing but prince the other one is space age listening to bowie and then they just like meet somewhere in the middle it's great Anyway, I uh, have put a couple rides in this uh, this year. One is postponed, and it'll be out uh, probably next week or the week after. However, yesterday we did, my friend Dan Gleason and I, friend of uh, mine for many years, uh, he and I put on a uh, an arborist, an arbor, a heritage tree ride. That's right. We, we went around through North Portland, and we uh, had about 50 people show up, Alex. That's really cool, Casey. It was so much fun, and we just went from tree to tree and talked about what the tree is, what the heritage tree program is, what makes trees cool, what makes these trees particularly cool. That's a good amount of people. It was a good amount of people, yeah. A couple of people from the podcast uh, who uh, came in, came out, so shout out to you guys for joining the ride oh, and having fungal- a so I see it's right on. Yeah, yeah. The very first person to ever take a photo with me. Oh, wow. Yeah, never had that happen before. And she was like, I kind of wanted to put my nerdiness aside, but I'm just going to go for it. Can I have a picture with you? And I was like, Aww. of course. You're, you're the very first one. Hey, while we're at it, speaking of fungal associates showing up, uh-huh. I had a house show over the weekend. To, to play some music and a fungal associate Delaney shout out to Delaney yeah, there you go she and her friend showed up and supported oh it was so much fun yeah, I, love, so. I love our I love our listeners Casey. I love I love the community you know it's, it's really wonderful. nice and, and people are getting out there looking at trees they're listening to local music yeah. yeah it's fantastic so thank you if you are interested though uh, we're coming up with a way Alex on how you can figure out where these things are in the that's future that's right Casey in the fashion of things, uh-huh. as you do, we've started a newsletter. Now, Alex, yesterday, when we were <laughs> coming up with this idea, 
you made a, a very good analogy to uh, newsletters, and I, I want you to give that analogy again because I want to oh. see. I want to. I, I basically want everyone to. I don't know. Reach out in some way and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you think this is a good description of a a, a modern newsletter. Sure. So my my analogy was that newsletters are a lot like vinyl, vinyl records. Yeah. They used to be essential and like the way things were done. That's how you did it. The way you get information. And then they kind of fell out of fashion as the technology changed. And now there's kind of a resurgence in uh, newsletters, you know, for musicians and yeah. restaurants and all of your favorite artists have newsletters. And now they're kind of like boutique. I yeah. think you said it's now it's kinda of, it's kinda of cool. It's trend yeah, yeah, it's it's kinda of trendy and there cool. Were, and there was a point where it's like you still listen to vinyl, you're just that what a nerd. Right. Move on. Like laser tracks where are it's the at, way. man. Yeah. yeah. And now it's kinda of like uh, now it's going back, it's like, oh you gotta Oh, that's so cool. What's on it? How can I sign up? Can I share it with friends? To answer those questions, Casey, we're calling it the arbitrary field notes. Sure are. And you can sign up on our website, on our About page. That's arbitrarypod.com slash about. And scroll to the bottom there. Type in your email address. We will never send you any spam. You're going to get one confirmation email to make sure that you signed up for it because we don't we want to play it safe. Exactly. And uh, let's see. What are we sending out, Casey? We're sending out all sorts of things. Yeah. We're, we're, shooting, for, we're shooting for a monthly thing. Yeah, that's going to be our goal. No promises. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how cool or popular we are right now. <laughs> this but, is a total side thing, yeah. but it's a nice little companion piece to the podcast. Yeah, and, exactly. So I think uh, we spitballed yesterday and we said, well, we're going to send out updates as to uh, what's going on in the podcast right. world. You know, what trees are we focusing on? What subjects, uh, where to listen, you know, just in case you're like, oh man, I forgot about that or some interesting thing that we said, you know, mm -hmm. in the podcast, we'll link to all that. Um, let's see. We also talked about um, updating things that are going on with the podcast in the real world in RL, where we would, uh, let's say, plan, I don't know, a trivia night somewhere sometime in wow, the future. Wow, what an idea. Yeah, what a weird one. A trivia night. Hmm. Maybe we <laughs> could put that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then other things like we uh, we did a live show last year. Hopefully we're going to get another one this year. So we we put that on there. And oh yes, we did a live. Sorry, stream. yeah, yeah live yeah, yeah. stream show. So we'll do things like that. So um, if you guys are uh, not caught up or you just want a monthly kind of dump of hey, where's Arbitrary Pod? Where are we at? Yeah, that'll be there. We'll have some info. Maybe we'll do some uh, highlight some interesting articles or comments. We get comments and questions from people yeah. all the time. We don't have enough time to answer all of them or um, bring them on the show. So what we want to do is kind of say, hey, we got a great question from this person. We couldn't answer it on the show, yeah. but you know, here's a quick answer. So all the people who are sending stuff in can kind of get some follow-up. Maybe there's there'll be little quick tree ID things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with visuals, so you know, we can send yeah. we can send you pictures now. Yeah, it's not um, only a an auditory thing. That's right. Exactly. What was the other thing I was going to mention that we're going to do? Um, Ooh, uh, well, we're also going to talk about what you and I are up to. So tree yeah. walks, uh, tree bike rides, music things that you're into, but also stuff that's like, hey, we think this is cool. You guys should go check it out. Yeah, links to videos about certain things we talk about on the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bunch of cool 
cool stuff, and uh, we'll make it worth your time if you want to mm-hmm. read a, a little email once yeah. a month. Exactly. Um, it's not going to be trash. Maybe we'll send out a coupon code for the merch store here in their case. Yeah, exactly. So there's a good reason to sign up. Every now and then, uh, some, some nice little snippets will come by. Yeah. Yeah, we'll also give you a sneak peek about what's going on on the Patreon. So yeah. if you are interested or you're on the fence, we'll kind of we'll kind of uh, pull the veil back a little bit and say, hey, this, uh, this month on the Patreon, we're doing this. So um, more reason just to sign up so it's not just uh behind this uh this black wall we'll kind of say hey here's what's going on over right. this uh this part of the arbitrary verse if you're on the fence we'll shove you to one side yeah exactly we we'll, can't say which side yeah we'll force you to fall <laughs> casey what a preamble huh that oh. was our maybe our biggest intro ever yeah i think i think it might have been yeah let's just cut out the entire middle section <laughs> <laughs> you and I have been doing nothing. Yeah, nothing nothing going on. Case, <laughs> speaking of things going on, today we have an episode going on, and as we do every episode, what yeah, a transition. Right. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're talking about a tree. Yeah, and this is, a, this is a fun tree. I didn't know this tree existed until um, maybe a week ago. I didn't know it existed until um, yesterday when you said we were covering it. Okay, all right, here we go. <laughs> this is the Andean alder. Exactly. Alnus acuminata. Alnus acuminata. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, acuminate. Exactly. Acuminate tip. That was, that's exactly what it means. Yeah, um, well On the done. leaves. Yeah, that means basically it comes to a kind of elongated point. Yeah. Yeah, not gigantic, but just a, you know, a little point. I'm very pleased with myself, Casey. Yeah, you should be. That A lot of people <laughs> who study this for years don't ha- don't aren't able to remember that. Well, as we do every episode, let's imagine that you and I... Hey, how about this? We were just in the Andes a couple episodes ago to look yeah. at the uh, Andean paper birch. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. The no, paper... No, no. Pa- Indian paper tree. Yeah, let's not, do, let's go with that. Not paper birch. Polylepis. Polylepis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we, you know, we're we're going and we're up and looking at those on our way back down. Yep. We come across some Andean alders. Casey, let's ID this tree. Let's do it. So it gets about uh, about eighty to one hundred feet tall, kind of on average. A lot of places say okay. between twenty and twenty five meters as their their total height. So that gets a little bit higher than hundred. So. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of reasonably sized trees. That's they're a not, medium high. It is. It's medium high. It's pretty good, you know, yeah. especially for a tree growing at like crazy elevations. These things grow not at that highest elevation in the Andes, like the um, polylepis, yeah. but just kind of the next level down where there's, it's a little bit uh, wetter, there's not quite as harsh conditions, that kind of thing. Okay. That's where you'll find these, but they're alder trees and alders in the genus Alnus generally are way up in the, the northern hemisphere. Hemisphere. This is, I think, one of the only species that I've heard that grows so far south. A distant cousin. Yes, exactly. And they they grow, I mean, all the way down into, I think, Argentina, like the kind of northern area. Mm. So they're, they're really interesting trees in that they grow all along the spine of the Andes Mountains. And the Andes are on the west side of South America from the very tip all the way down to Cape Horn. And they grow wow. probably about halfway down in that range. The west side being the windward side of the Andes Mountains? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So that would be... Well, they grow... the the, the They grow just kind of on the peak of it. Oh. But they grow... There's water that comes from kind of all sides. Like, there's, uh, there's a lot of different deserts and dry areas mm-hmm. as opposed to the tropical rainforests in South America. Okay. Um, but the Andes are just on the entire west side of the continent. I see. So the, the trees themselves grow just kind of at the higher elevations, I think, on both sides, actually. Okay. 
So, um, as a tree, though, they are, they're alders. So, usually you think of alders. Here we have um, the white alder, the red alder, the sitka alder. And these are all, like, kind uh-huh. of small trees. There's not very many. I think there's, like, maybe 10 or 13 species of alders across really? the entire world. Yeah, that's allness? Allness, yeah, yeah, exactly. Where there's some other trees and other species that would be called alders, but they're not really alders, but they're kind of probably closely related. But essentially... Um, this is a tree that if you are walking around the riparian areas in um, the northwest or in um, the forests of, the of say, Europe, you will find alders growing all over the place. Okay. And they are known to grow in um, kind of wet areas. And the Andean alder is, is no, no exception here. They like to grow with their feet wet, like on stream sides and in riparian areas. Riparian areas. The best kind of area to grow. You get the best of all worlds, riparian areas. That's one of my favorite, not only my favorite areas, but my favorite names of an area. Really? I just love saying riparian area. Yeah, all right. Maybe that should be the uh, the name of your next album. Rip- oh, sure. Riparian area. This is a wet album. Yeah, it's very wet. You can only listen to it if your feet are in water. Or at least one <laughs> foot is in water. The other foot can be on dry land. My, of course, riparian areas also uh, a common tree that grows in riparian areas. The willow, yes, precisely. So, okay, alders are all in the same zone as willows. Yeah, okay, they are, and I would argue that they have kind of the similar uh, a similar kind of uh, magnanimity to them. Where explain that word to me? Uh, magnanimous is like you are uh, you're gracious in victory. Okay, and I think that alders are uh, a lot of the the trees that grow in riparian areas. Everyone kind of hates them, but they just get vilified for growing in bad places, but they give so much to their environment. I see. And we'll talk about it a little bit more uh, as to exactly what the alders give, but essentially, um, they help produce nitrogen and bring that to the soil. Oh. So they grow in these really harsh conditions. They take over areas that everyone just thinks, like in the in the Northwest, the red alder is commonly considered a trash tree or oh. a weed tree, which I hate. I think that's just the worst a description. A weed tree. Yeah, they call it a oh, weed tree. that's terrible. Because it grows in like these harsh areas where everyone's like, oh, this just, they just, alders just filled up this ditch. Mm. And it's like, well, why did they make it a weed tree? It's yeah. water. That's the best place for a tree to grow. I, I don't get it. You know what is a weed tree? The tree of heaven. Yes. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Oh, excellent. Yeah. All right, perfect. Usually I like to say something, then you're like, ah, no, actually, and then say something different. But this um, is, this that's is like wrong. the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, we're on the same. Have you exactly. heard of yes and, Casey? I have, I have, I have. I you're have. a you're a no butter. Uh, no, I am not. A bit of one. No, that's. I think that's a yes and. If I say yes, it's this, and you would then say okay and, and this other one. Yeah, you can't split up a yes and. This <laughs> is Seinfeld now. Yeah, you can't split up a yes and. You just can't do it. Well, we're gonna try. So that's uh, the, the alders. They grow in the same area. Okay, exactly right. Cool, Casey. I want to talk about the. I'm putting this in quotes. Okay, cone. Ah, now yes. One time I picked up this funny little cone from. Uh, I think I was at the Arboretum Hoyt, and I brought it home with me. It was on the ground. Yep. And 
I was like, this is so curious because it c- kind of looks like a cone. Yeah, oh, 100%. But it looks like a different plant part with like a cone's mask on. Ah, that's like, a it good description. It doesn't feel like, it looks like a cone, but it doesn't yeah. feel like a cone. Yeah, you're, you walk in and you're like, I think this might actually be two cones wearing a suit and sunglasses. Yes. Like a long trench coat stacked <laughs> on top of each other. Standing on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, Fine. is this really a cone? This is not a cone. I fucking knew it. Yes, you got that right. Okay. I would. I wish that I could, uh, like, say actually, this is a cone. This is the wackiest conifer in the world, and have yeah. everyone's kind of mind be blown. This is but not a cone, though. This is not a cone. This is more properly a catkin. Is it really? Yes. Wow. So a catkin is something we've probably talked about a few times. But oh the, yeah. The the definition would be a long like mostly pendulous uh, grouping of flowers that are really tightly bunched together yeah. where it looks like kind of a long cylinder. Yeah. Especially when it's uh, immature, so they all kind of tuck together. They look a bit like a fluffy cattail. Yeah, exactly. That's that's perfect. Except they would hang down rather than a, a normal, like a the plant cattail where mm-hmm. they like go up. Very, very similar, but Oh, I guess I was thinking of an actual cat. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're holding heard? a cat like a baby, you okay. know, under yeah, the armpits. Yeah. I love when people do that. <laughs> and then the cat's arms go up like this. Yeah, and the tail's just Lily like and I were just talking about this, how you, you grab it like that, and then they start to slide through your hands because yeah. you can't get any purchase. And they're actively trying to escape <laughs> the whole time. Um. <laughs> yeah, they're t- yeah, that's sort of like a gently curved yeah. cat tail looking thing. Exactly. So birches have catkins yep. and the uh black cottonwood has catkins. I believe um, the chest chestnut, horse chestnut has yes, a catkin. Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And uh well, no, 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 the actual chestnut, not the horse chestnut. Oh, okay. Yeah, castanea. Um okay. a lot of oaks have these kinds of flowers where there are these long catkins uh, that kind of pop out. Yeah. So it's essentially a bunch of flowers that are all kind of spirally arranged down this long spike of this central axis. It's just the way they grow their flowers. It's just the way they do it. Yeah. They're all wind pollinated. So they're like, I don't need anything to be fancy. They don't need to be big. They don't need to have oh. all the things that flowers have to get other things to come to them. Well, this is interesting. Casey, are catkins a utility flower? They really are. They're like they're the definition of a utility flower. How about that? They've lost most of their petals. They've lost their sepals. They're just like, put out the goods, yeah. let it go, and then your job is done. Be yeah. free. So there's usually two kinds. And this uh, alder, the Andean alder, is no exception. They have the seed uh, catkins, which will create little teeny tiny nutlets are what they're called with little wings kind of going around the edge. So they're tiny little nutlets with little tiny seeds inside. Mm. Those then will just flutter away when the catkin opens. The alder, the seed catkin, that will get really hard. And that's what tricks people is that it becomes really woody. Initially, it's really small. It's just kind of this uh, this greenish, yellowish, yellowish tissue. Yeah. Then it kind of hardens, gets a little bit bigger as the seeds mature, and then it becomes woody and hard. When it becomes woody and hard and turns brown and dries, it opens up just the same as a normal cone would do. Mm. The biggest difference here is that there are ovaries. So there's actually flowers. Pollen has to reach through the ovary into the seed or uh, into what will develop into the seed, the ovum, and then that will open up and then the seed comes out. Interesting. So that's the biggest difference because I had this when I was going to school. I was like, what is the difference? Like, what is the difference between this cone and that cone? Yeah. This coming from a conifer, that coming from an alder. And it's that each one of those is an individual flower that has an individual carpal inside of it that then develops into a new seed. How about that? So that is the thing. There's an ovary inside that catkin 
complex. This whole yeah, this whole masquerading uh, cone thing. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of like juniper, juniper quote berries. Oh yeah, or you berries. Maybe in the opposite direction though. You're yeah, saying? yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like one thing, but it's really another thing. Exactly. Which is so. This is really just kind of the the classic definition of co convergent evolution except it's where the alder has done the same thing that a conifer does yeah. in the in the the final product right yeah it's a good point very cool well there's also the uh the staminate um uh catkins that release all the pollen same thing except those usually don't last they just kind of fall off and they elongate but they don't get dry but they would maybe get two or three times longer than they, what they are when they're immature in like the winter time oh, okay and they'd kind of go wink let all their uh, their pollen go out and fly all over the place and then that's how it uh, does it just on the wind goes to the next uh, the next cone over groovy then, uh, really takes advantage of the free love baby <laughs> yeah wind pollination is very is very chill it is yeah they they don't really care it's not they're not focused on it and they're successful as much as almost anything else they yeah. just they don't really mind just go with the flow yeah but the fun thing about this also is that this tree like i said is an alder so if you're walking around in the andean mountains in the andes which is this south american uh very tropical space mm. you would not expect to find a a plant that's like yeah i'm just an alder i grow like all of my kin are these normal temperate like boring trees that lose their leaves all the time and are like yeah no i take the conservative northern route this is like that i'm going to south america <laughs> you're not going to stop me and the whole family's just really upset that the you know the Alder, the Andean Alder, decided to put its backpack on yeah. and go uh, go buy its uh, hats and just you know put sandals on. You never the believed in my art. I'm gonna go <laughs> to South America where they actually have passion. <laughs> That's what it did. So it's a it's a beautiful tree. It looks like an alder. It has these uh, alternate leaves that come out. The leaves are kind of this this big heavy not leathery but kind of leathery. Mm. Every time I say leathery, the leaf is usually like. It's got like some lustrousness to the top. This is like an untreated leather, yeah, like exactly. a raw leather. Yeah, it's a raw leather, and it it, it kind of snaps. Like if you just punt, kind of bend it, it'll snap in half. Yeah, and it has these really intense ridges where if you look at the bottom, you can feel the uh, like a rib cage, the uh, all the veins on oh, the bottom, wow. and then on the top they kind of go down a little bit with the leaf blade kind of popping up in between. Oh, it's, okay. It's very minute, but it's you can definitely feel it. Or yeah, whatever exactly. The in, indented. Yeah, uh, yeah is embossed. When it comes out, I think or embossed that's when it goes is raised. In? Yeah. Okay, so it's the opposite of that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the. We answer. can just call it embossed. Let's just call it embossed. I would have to look in my. I would have to look in Photoshop real fast to see what they call it. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> skip that. Well, yeah, and it's uh, it, the the little cones or the little uh, leaves have um, serrated edges, yeah. and they also have which is I really wanted to cover the red alder today, but I couldn't in good conscience. Wow. Our story is so much more interesting with the Andean alder. Okay. But the uh, the leaves are rev they're, they're revolute, which means that revolute. the end of the leaves curl over <gasps> to the bottom. This is a new term. Yeah, it's so good. Revolute. Revolute. Yeah, and that means uh, if you take the leaf, you have it. You're looking at the top. You just see the normal kind of dark green yeah. on the top of the leaf. You twist it over and you look at the bottom side. There will be almost like a dark border around the entire outer edge of the of the leaf of the, the leaf margin. blade. Exactly. And that margin is revolute in that the top curls under the very edge so that it oh. looks like 
it kind of is folded along the entire edge Whoa. on the entire uh, margin of the yeah. leaf. Yeah, what, what is that about? I have no idea. How I have curious. No yeah, but the, the red alder does it. The white alder does not do it. So if you try to tell those two species apart. There you go. And um, our alder, the Andean alder, uh-huh. does it just a little bit. It's not super intense. I think the red alder is probably one of the most intense of the species. Wow. I'm sorry, of the genus. That's that's so str- uh, can you think of like one other tree that has revolute No. Really? I really I really can't. I, oh my god. I'm sure that they're out there. Um, but this is the best example, and I, I've seen almost wow. no other trees. But this is probably just my lack of looking for those trees because I know that they're out there. I, I'm, I'm sure that they are. How about this? I'm going to give Revolute Leaves of the Andean Paper Tree, Croson's Stump of a Purple. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, Alex. Yeah. The chunk. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's good enough. Are you re- Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Every time you do this, I panic, and I'm like, what was the sound I made the first time? It's Fagoosh. Fagoosh. Dang it. My sounds change, Alex. That's okay. You're an evolving musician. Yeah, thank you yeah. very much. Well, the last bit about this is the bark, Alex, which is gorgeous. Oh, wow. It's a nice gray bark tree, but alders always get these really gorgeous coverings of lichen. And I don't know why, oh. but alders just get lichen. So they end up, a lot of people would say they are white barked trees, but they're not. Their bark is gray. And the outer bark is usually covered with white lichen. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it's very, very curious, but they just dig it, they do it, and they have a good time. I, I like I like that. that I think lichen on, a, on bark like that is a very early 2000s look. And I don't oh know God. how to explain why I think that. <laughs> yeah, it, you probably saw it in some sync videos and things like that. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, I bet you you're right. They filmed all their videos in a forest. Of alder. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, uh, yeah, they do. So, yeah, right. early 90s version of tree is the is the alder they do that this one specifically also has yellow lenticels um those little gas exchange on the on the oh, bark area okay yeah so it's a it's a tree that just kind of has it all yeah it, but it's not it's it's a very fascinating tree like it seems like a really cool tree and then you see it so many people are just like oh it's kind of a letdown right know why. you know you we we talked about covering this tree today and i was doing some preliminary stuff to yeah. for for my editing which includes gathering photos uh-huh and i i did have this moment of like oh okay it, lo- it looks sort of just like a big scraggly bush yeah um that's totally it like they and they constantly these ones are like semi evergreen or deciduous yeah so sometimes they'll just keep their leaves until the second flush of leaves the next year then lose the old leaves How strange yeah sometimes they'll keep them uh, or they'll just lose them if they're in maybe a harsher condition so they're trees that just kind of half the time look like they have a few leaves sometimes look like they have full canopies the red alder here our native one is known for constantly losing leaves like mm. throughout the entire year oh really so I think that's why people think they're somewhat trashy trees is because sure. they, they're littering their leaves all the time. They can't even hold their leaves on. Exactly. So they don't get a lot of respect. I um, kind of like alders, Casey. Hey, you should. They kind of feel like the black sheep of the of the tree world. They totally are. And you know what makes them even better at being their black sheep? What? Because it's inevitably the black sheep that like has that like secret thing that like saves the whole, you know, flock. Yeah. The alders have this really unique connection. All the alders do, uh, where they have a species of bacteria hmm. called Frankia, uh, which is which is great. It's Frankia is the name of it. It's not Pretty like cool. anything fancy. It's just they had a guy named Frank, and they just said, Ia. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Frank, yeah. yeah. So Frankia is this bacteria that has a symbiotic relationship 
with the roots of the alder and the mm. alder kind of more broadly speaking symbiotic you say symbiotic alex i hate to i hate to break it to, to everyone so early but we're going to talk about symbiosis for Hell the next yeah. couple of episodes. <laughs> now, when Casey says couple, your first proposal <laughs> was four. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so hopefully we can keep it at just we, four. We hope you're interested in symbiosis. <laughs> we're, there's going to be a lot of it. Yes. Uh, I'm certainly curious to learn more, Casey. I think symbiosis is a very interesting uh, subject. It sure is. Alex. And we're going to kick off our journey on this epic symbiosis quartet right after the break. We'll be right back with more completely arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Andean Alder. That's right. Alness. Persephoncato. Oh, you were so close. You had everything right except the acuminata part. <laughs> that was the one thing you missed. It does. This is one of those scientific names we talked about before that sounds like a, a spell in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Alness acuminata. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you turn into a not real cone, but a fake cone. Oh, sure. Or yeah. I was going to propose an accumulately t- tipped leaf. Ah, okay. And you yeah. fall over and get run over by a truck or something. Yeah, or you land in a, in a river for your escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I like you, that. Oh, you cast it on yourself. I see. It's like an illusion spell. Uh, yes, obviously. Very I thought, cool. I kind of thought that went without saying, but I guess not. <laughs> well, Casey, as we uh, teased before the break, this episode is the beginning of a journey for us. Yes, it sure is. And we, the journey, the the, the thesis of the journey is symbiosis. Symbiosis. And I'm very excited. I, I would love. I know you have your. You have your. Uh, you have your kind of uh, narrative arc yeah. to get yeah, through, yeah. but I would love to interject and start with a bare bones. I'm talking 144 characters. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Is it 144 or 140? I have no idea. What are you talking about? Twitter. Oh, is that 240? Yeah, they uh, they changed it. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, a very quick definition of symbiosis. I'm talking one sentence. Symbiosis is a uh, relationship between two living yet unrelated organisms that is of several different sorts, either mutualistic mm-hmm. or 
Uh, one is getting something, the other is not. The parasitic? Uh, and the parasitic. So, oh, yeah, okay. that would be, uh, yeah, I guess actually, yeah, one is getting something, the other is not would be more of a parasite than anything else. Sure. Um, but there's also ways that one's working with something, yet not l- taking something from the other. An example would be, as we talked earlier, the lichen on uh, bark. The lichen is growing on the bark. It's not taking anything from the tree or from the bark. Yeah, it's just so, hanging out. It's, it's like it's yeah. like those uh wow, what do we uh epiphyte. Uh I'm, I'm holding my uh, like under a whale. Oh. There's little fish that swim uh, along with yeah, it. Yeah, like those little sucker fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or um uh, barnacles. Yeah, barnacle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that would be one kind of symbiotic relationship okay. where one is gaining, the other is not losing anything. And then the parasitic one would be where something is losing something for the other's gain. Sure. No, they're always, the ones we mostly talk about is that first one, which is the mutualistic, where each symbiote is getting something from the other. Mycorrhizal fungi. That's exactly the one. And we've yeah. already talked about that ad nauseum at this yeah. point. Yeah. What are the episodes, in case you want to go back and listen yeah. to our mycorrhizal fungi talk, the, bi- the big first one mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. our discussion of um, the, the black... Homo. Oh, the Holmo. Yes, black truffle. Oh, well, no, I'm going back even further, Casey. Oh, where are you going? Our very first episode on the Douglas Fir, we talked yes. about fungal associates. It is very true. Yeah, yeah. And we, yeah. we, we like introduced the topic. I yeah. Think. We never really even dove into it at that point. Wow. We didn't even know what no. we were doing. How no. cool. It was great. <laughs> that, that episode was only half hour long. That's incredible. Yeah, good for us. <laughs> I cannot believe that. We'll have I, to redo that. I want to. I want to listen to it and see what we did right. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, well, everything it sounds like. But that's just me. <laughs> Try to replicate that again. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, let's see. It ended up working that the um, uh, we did it in that episode, and we just kind of barely brushed on it, where we yeah. said there is a relationship with fungi in the soil that do decomposition and uh, essentially increase the uh, means of tree getting their nutrients and water. That's right. So either the fungus does a little bit of uh, decomposition and then takes those nutrients and feeds them to the trees, or it just collects it in the soil and doesn't actually do any of the real decomposition, just uh, sucks up and absorbs nutrients and water and then gives that to the tree. It's a bit of an investment manager. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they got their fingers in all the little things that you're just too big to bother with, but yeah. you need them, so you just kind of like pay them to do the, the dirty work for totally. you. And they get paid in carbohydrates where the tree photosynthesizes creates sugars gives that to the fungus without the fungus having to try to get them they just are connected so that's a mutualistic got it the whole moke we also talked about that with uh, the paper birch uh, betula papyrifera and its relationship with Douglas fir and a couple that's other trees right yeah so good memory, Casey. So we we we, we talked about it right you know we, yeah. we've done we've done that uh, I hate to break it to you uh, dear listener, oh. we are not going to be talking about the fungal uh, symbiotic relationship with trees. No. We've already done that. We've already talked about Been it. Been there, done that. And Bought the I, t-shirt. Yeah, bought the t-shirt. We used the t-shirt up. It got covered in sap, and now it's a rag. <laughs> that, that was, that was too specific no, to okay. not be a real thing yeah, that whoops. you deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, most of the time it's bike grease. I, I ruined my shirts with oh, bike grease. Yeah. God, you're such a hipster. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I've, I haven't used that term in a decade. <laughs> yeah, because it's not cool anymore. <laughs> um, but the symbiosis that we are going to talk about yeah. are the other kinds of symbiotic relationships that are um, equally as interesting, but are interesting in different ways. Okay. 
Now, the first one we're going to talk about is the one that the Frankia has with the alder. And the alder creates this really unique situation for the Frankia, or perhaps it's the Frankia that create the really unique situation inside the alder that make them both function really well. Little column A, little of column B. Little column A, little column B. You I know? said Colin. Colin? Oh, I heard Colin. Maybe I just in, just finished the word. Hmm, okay. Who's Colin A? Yeah, Colin A. Any Colin, Colin A's out there, Colin, reach out to us. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. We just shouted you out without even knowing. We want a little bit of Colin B, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a Colin B, send us a note. We're going to send you a free uh, free note back. We're going we're gonna to link you guys up, get a conversation started. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got to get involved. That's a good podcast. Uh, you got a Colin, you know. Ah, Colin A, Colin B. Yep, Colin yeah, yeah. Allen. Yeah. And a Colin Braxter. Yeah. And you get them in, you called Little Colin A, Little Colin B. Yeah, and then you just chat about something. Yeah, it's, but current, they, it's yeah. a current events talk. They would have to have very, very opposing opinions. Yes. Or, or at least opinions that don't, like, go well together, and they have to, like, mash them together. Sort of a Siskel and Eber type. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hey, all right, let's, uh, copyright. Sorry, everyone, that's taken. Um, have you, uh, are you familiar with the, the, the nitrogen cycle? Oh, Casey. Yeah, you heard about this. This was this was from high school biology. Well, as you know, I skipped most of those classes. <laughs> um, the nitrogen side. I mean, I know, I know that it's go a out thing. And smoke cigarettes in the parking lot. Oh like, yeah, you know go me. To biology. They no, I was I was practicing the upright bass in the band room. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I don't really know anything about the nitrogen cycle. Okay. Well, let me give you a quick rundown. Okay. Um, I will also turn my computer around. Casey's turning his laptop around to face me. I see an image of a cycle. Uh, it has a cross section of soil and uh-huh. trees. Yep. So essentially, okay. what this is showing is um, the the way that our world is kind of set up. So um, one quick step back. Are you familiar with air? Uh, I I deal with it every day, Casey. Yes. Yeah, you should do. Now get on your Google real fast and say, "What is air made of?" Easy answer. What do you got? Air is mostly gas. Ah, what sort of gas, Alex? We're talking 78% nitrogen. That's right. 78%. That's a lot of nitrogen. And do you want the other 21%? No, we don't really care about that. It's oxygen, carbon, other gases, blah, 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 blah. Okay, why do you set me up for a thing? (laughs) Because I only wanted the 78%. That's all I want. Okay, tell us what are the other other ones. No. Okay, come on. All right, fine. I'm not going to force the issue. Are we fighting? You've already showed me disrespect. <laughs> and now disrespect is shown to me. Yeah, we're fighting. All right. Well, the main thing, Alex, is yeah. that nitrogen, I wanted to note, is in our air everywhere. 78% of what we're breathing and seeing through right now. Yeah, by a wide nitrogen. margin. A margin. A huge margin. Yeah. Now, the big irony here is that there's so much nitrogen in the air, yeah. but it is a huge, it's the biggest, scarcest thing compound in the ground. Oh, so is this the nitrogen cycle that takes it from the air and puts it in the ground? Exactly, and then okay. back out to the air. Okay. So there are carbon cycles and water cycles and all these other things where we basically say, how does water get from point A to point C to point D to point F and back to point B and then back to point A? Unicycles, bicycles. <laughs> exactly. There's a thousand different kinds of cycles. Don't forget tricycles. No, everyone, no one forgets tricycles. Childhood favorite. Yeah, yeah, this, it's the intermediary step. So what we ended up doing, uh, or what we ended up learning, us humans, uh-huh. is that... Um, Nitrogen in the air is a triple covalent bonded chemical. <sighs> okay, 
Yeah. So, um, you know, if you ever see oxygen, um, I have this chemical equation on my chest. Yeah. That says O2, where there's the O with a little two on it. That's two oxygens. Exactly. With a bond. Uh, precisely. Yeah. Oxygen does the same thing, where it will bond to itself. Okay. And that makes it really stable, where if you just have one oxygen out there, it's kind of going insane. It's, it's, it, will, it will go find anything and react with it. Mm. Whereas if it's just two, then it just kind of floats around and it's quite stable. Okay. So if we are talking about nitrogen, it's the same thing, but it has three of those bonds. And they come together. I think this is way more uh, chemistry than we really want to deal with. Okay. But essentially, two atoms of nitrogen connect and they're really 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 hard to pull apart okay like mind-blowingly hard so you can only have very specialized chemical reactions that will do that but that happens only with this thing called nitrogenase which is an enzyme and that enzyme is only found in certain organisms and certain organisms live underground and they need to do these things in what is essentially a very, very um, oxygen-depleted uh, environment. Which, as you noted, there's a bunch of oxygen in the air as well. Yeah. So why they can't be at the top is because there's too much oxygen. So they have to be somewhere else, inside of some organism, inside something that makes it so that they are no longer uh, out-exposed to all this oxygen. When you, when you say uh, they? They. I mean these organisms. The organisms yes. that... That have that enzyme yes. that split two nitrogens. Correct. Whew, what right. a cast of characters. What, oh. is this, what is this, Hamlet? Yeah, this is getting intense. Yeah. Oh, my and we, God. We even still have more to bring in. There's a whole second act here. All right. So, essentially, what I'm telling you here is that the nitrogen cycle, at some, in some way, that nitrogen in the air, we call it atmospheric nitrogen, okay. has to be pulled down into the ground, uh -huh. and it needs to be fixed, is the term. Huh. And that fixation is getting that into a, uh, a, a molecule that is usable for other plants and animals. Oh, so other plants and animals, they use a single nitrogen? Um, no, they would use nitrogen uh, connected to something else. So basically, a nitrogen that was ripped apart and then put onto something else. So it essentially, okay. yeah, it would be a single, but there also is, um, they're connected to something else. The main one is um, nitro or uh, ammonium. Uh, ammonia. That's the big one that's useful for plants. Okay. And ammonia is, I think, NH3. I think that's what it is. Um, regardless, it's not super important what it is because there's a couple other different compounds that can mm. be there. But suffice it to say, without going too much into that, we've already gone way too far. These organisms, these enzymes inside these organisms, take this atmospheric nitrogen and they fix it underground to a means that is usable for other plants. Okay. Okay. So, Frankia is one of these organisms. It's a that, bacteria. That fixes nitrogen? Yes, correct. Okay. Now, Frankia does not live everywhere and does this and do this everywhere. They have got a symbiotic relationship with the roots of alder trees. Okay. And they create what's really interesting, Alex. It's this like weird nodule like growth form where it looks like something that's wrong with the tree if you dug around the roots of alders yeah you find these big weird balls okay. they look like unhealthy like like almost tumor like growths like burls almost yeah exactly okay. and they're called nodules nodules and those nodules are filled with this bacteria frankia 
Frankia, the bacteria. In this case, we're talking about Frankia ulni. Frankia will grow and find a little root hair of a nascent alder root, and it will immediately start uh, infecting that root hair. That root hair then kind of starts to curl, and then the, this big capsule kind of grows around the Frankia. Like an ingrown hair, it sounds it's a, like. It's, oh, my God, that's a perfect example, Alex. Yeah. yeah. Now, that ingrown hair came with a bunch of bacteria. Yeah. Normally, that would be really bad. That if I is, scratch my beard. I know, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? <laughs> so everyone is like, oh, well, that's when I get like a little tiny infection where this has happened. Yeah. So this is, by every definition, a bacterial infection into this tree. Wow. But that bacteria and that tree over however many millions of years mm-hmm. essentially said, hey, 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 let's stop fighting here. I got something you want. You got something I want. Can I just live inside of your ingrown root hair? I see. And I will give you nitrogen in a way that's good for you because it has that nitrogenase enzyme in it. So, uh, apparently, Alex, this, is, this stunned me. I was like, well, hold on. How do you get the nitrogen from the air down inside these root nodules? Because the root nodules are not actually inside, or I'm sorry, the, the Frankia isn't inside the cells of the plant. They are separated by a membrane. So essentially, the tree enveloped it and now has it, but it's not a part of the tree. Okay. It's just like a compartment of the tree that these things are living in. Okay. Kind of weird, right? Kind of a little freaky. Yeah. So how does it get the nitrogen? Turns out when air is, uh, or when uh, atoms are intake, in took, taken in. <laughs> thank you. In took and in. In took and in. Uh, from the leaves, yeah. uh, there's like a certain ratio of, of how many uh, atoms of each thing comes in. So apparently it's like uh, if you get 100 atoms of uh, carbon, yeah. you get like 2 to 20 atoms of nitrogen. And then some of phosphorus, I think like 6 of phosphorus, they just get sucked in as well. Okay. And then those get into the plant and then the plant essentially just has them dissolved and then they go and they get into the frankia. Wow. It's really weird, isn't it? So they're absorbed through the leaves. I think so. That's as far as I can tell. My bet is they're also kind of taken in in some weird way through other means of the roots because roots also take in oxygen. Really? So, yeah, they have to do uh, respiration. So that's why if you compact a bunch of soil, uh, you're actually hurting the tree because they can't get oxygen into their roots. Oh. So now comes in interstage right our last character of our show here. all right so the andean alder grows up in the high andes uh, of south or of northern south america okay this region is famous for the incan empire that's right it used to be there so the inca actually uh started really getting their their ball rolling in about the 12th century mm-hmm. they were just a little city state in cusco and then they slowly but surely expanded their empire over the next several hundred years and had essentially the top half of the andes like through bolivia and ecuador and colombia down into argentina so it's like wow that's it's pretty impressive. It's a sprawling empire. Well, it turns out their sprawling empire is is kind of similar to the Romans, where they started out as like this city state and just started kind of taking over either by like, hey, be with us. Here's a bunch of nice gifts, and if you reject the gifts, they take you over. Yeah. They so a lot of places were like, eh, okay, yeah, we'll take the gifts. We'll be part of you guys, whatever. And they just kind of went with it, right? Hmm. 
So this happened, and one of the places that the Inca took over are these really high mountain passes that had had other people living there, these big valleys and plateaus. These people that were living there essentially destroyed the soil. Mm. They were growing um, a bunch of different grains and different things up there that they were eating. It was good life, but they did not quite understand the best way to use and not abuse the soil. So the soil kind of started washing away. Okay. So when the Inca came, they brought with them because the Inca had this this like cultural uh, tradition of planting trees. It's just what they did. They hmm. that was just a part of what they did. They planted trees wherever they went. And one of the trees they took with them. Inca, the official ancient civilization of completely arbitrary. Yes, okay, we we actually got them to sign an agreement. We were really excited. I, this, we're, we're happy to announce it. Is this problematic? I, I don't know. It might be. Uh, we're talking about the pre, uh, pre-Columbian pre Incas. So, yes. yes. Yeah. They, this culture and these people still exist here. They just now go by a lot of different names. But some of them still speak the very same language, or at least the iteration of the language now, which I think is Quechua. Mm. So... Um, Way back when, pre-Columbian, pre-anyone really having an idea that there is this, you know, whole peoples, where Machu Picchu wasn't even found until the 1800s, I think? Really? Yeah, no one even knew it was there. At least no oh, Westerners. Oh, found. Yes, no, one, no Western peoples knew it was there. I, I thought you were saying found as in... Oh, was like, founded. founded it. Yeah. No, it was there a long time ago. <laughs> Sorry. Like, that doesn't vibe with what I know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll trust Casey. Um. So essentially, uh, what the Inca did, uh, I, I, I'm just really good at being like, yeah, it was really good, and just moving past it. Casey, like, I gotta work on that. You brought it up. This is something that happens a lot. <laughs> I know. I get on this roll, and I don't want you to be like, all right, we gotta go. Uh, I'm always like, get it in quick, Casey. You got two minutes. I know. So anyway, maybe it's that just right. means I'm a bad storyteller. Hey, that's not the case. That's oh, really sweet. You're just you not say. an active listener. <laughs> yeah, I am actively listening and just trying to like say, okay, Alex is gonna be pissed if I t- keep talking. Uh, anyway, uh, it they, is, we're we're still fighting. We're still fighting. Damn it, Alex! I thought I, we thought we did. We this. have to make up by the end of the episode. All right, we do. We that's do. the narrative arc. That's the re, that's the story behind. That's the story. the story exactly. That's why people are listening yeah. right now. They're waiting for that res- right. resolution. This whole this whole symbiosis thing is really a metaphor for <laughs> our symbiosis. It is. Wow. <laughs> so, Alex. Yeah. The Inca decided that they needed to reclaim these gigantic, uh, essentially terraced fields that had just kind of washed away. And there's been uh, archaeology where mm. they found pollen of different plants. So they said, okay, this plant was grown here. Like wow. Then they see another layer of sediment that is all come in. They say, well, this sediment is from these mountains, so it must have washed in. And they see like these big bouts of it. So they're like, wow, this is just, this is the definition of erosional deposition. And then they see other pollen come in, and then they see kind of these repeated patterns of like, okay, there's no more uh, of the food stuff, so these people must have left. There's no more growing in this area. And this is all by just pollen, uh, pollen grains in core samples taken in the, say, the bottom bottom of a lake is one thing that I read. Pollen, like, uh, survives in that sort of condition? Well, it doesn't really survive, but it kind of gets um, held in place. Okay. So it doesn't decompose or get, uh, you know, metabolized. Oh, it's like mummified or something? Yeah, essentially that. It also, I don't think it technically counts as um, fossilized because it's not old enough. Yeah. But it's still, they can find enough bits of pollen that have been retained. Yeah. And then once it is uh, there, they can look at it and say, oh, this pollen is the same pollen as this plant or as that plant. Because each pollen looks similar 
per the species. Wow. Or at least per the genus. A lot of times they can't say it's this species. Sure. But they corn, can say, oh, all this corn is... might look similar. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. that's actually super germane, Alex. They would, they saw when the Inca first got there, the pollen count for alders, the Andean alder, uh-huh. shoot off the charts. And then. Because they were planting Andean alders. They were planting Andean alders because they knew that Andean alders had this ability <gasps> to fix nitrogen in the soil, which made the soil. A, more, uh, more likely to not just flo- float away or get washed away because they were actively holding the erosion at bay. Uh-huh. And at the same time, they were putting this new nitrogen into the soil because their roots are actively producing it with this bio uh, or this symbiotic relationship with Frankia. And I'm assuming that this makes the soil healthier and a better yes. place to grow food. 100%. Like corn. Corn. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, after they saw or this maize, gigantic um, spike, yeah, they saw maize and other grains that came in with the Wow. Inca. Holy shit. Isn't that wild, Alex? This is so fascinating. This is why I couldn't, in good conscience, do the red alder, which is a Northwest species I'm very familiar with that's hated but is loved for the good that it does in its habitat the andean otter does the same thing wow that's stunning that is very very fascinating i don't know why that just tickles me but i'm like ooh, ooh. i get like history goosebumps i'm like yeah. oh that's that's really really cool Do you know what i think it is mm. i think it is that you can relate so like intimately with these people and like what we do now where now we yeah. think we're so good and smart we found out frankia it grows in these roots plant right. alder and it you know will help all these things. Instead, now what you're doing is realizing, oh, no, 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 we knew this. Yeah. We knew it a long time ago, and people have been doing it for a long time, and now there's like this connection where you have this almost intimate, like, you know, you look at someone, totally. you have no idea who they are. Yeah. You're just in the same room, and like someone up on a stage says something, you're kind of like, what? And you look over, and someone else makes eye contact with you, you're like, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and you both like, get it? That's us and the Inca. Exactly. We're like historically, only on this subject, like yeah. the, their culture is, was, it's very unknown. They never wrote anything down. Wow. So their culture is kind of this, this mystery of only archaeological kind of evidence, except now we have archaeological evidence that gives us this hint that, yeah, we could look over and be like yeah just plant the altar stupid duh yeah there is i want to i want to get into our review right after this yeah but i there is this sense of like whenever whenever i see like an ancient like tool Uh that's really cleverly designed yeah or you know an ancient ruin that's like oh that's so smart the way they built this yeah totally i think oh my god they they were just like me. They were just like us. Like they thought just like us. Yeah. You know? Like and these... it's it, it makes you feel at very uh very attuned to your species. I don't yeah. know. It's a good feeling. It's totally true. Like, we are not so far removed no. from from this. And when you think about it, this all happened uh maybe eight hundred years ago. Yeah. So like that is in the grand scheme, not a whole lot no, of time. No. When we talk about Rome and Rome still has like this gigantic oversized proportional impact on our cities in this city right now, the grid system we're in is a Roman invention. Right. So 
all these things that we look at today, Alex, I think you're exactly right, where it's just like, wow, when, when the, the veil is kind of drawn, you realize how close you are to yeah. these, these different cultures and these different past things. It's almost like a, a, like a, a special patriotism. Yeah. You know, not, so, okay, okay. not, draw, not patriotism in terms of where I'm from. Cause I think I'll, I think that's really dumb personally. Okay. Uh, but, a, but sort of like a, species pride like yeah humans yeah. all right we can do some really cool things we can do some really terrible things we have done a lot of really terrible things in, oh, yeah. our, in our history we've done a lot of really amazing things yeah you and know I... we have quiche that's so cool that somebody <laughs> came up with that oh top on my list of amazing have... things humans have done quiche we have hip-hop <laughs> that's great uh, we've done, we've made a lot of really awesome things, yeah, you know. We, yeah, we planted all of our trees. And I think focusing on that <laughs> stuff sometimes out of the ocean of evil that has come from mm-hmm, human beings mm-hmm. is it makes me feel warm in my in my chest. I'm like, yeah, yeah nice. It, it kind of gives you some hope that yeah. you know, all isn't completely lost. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's that still, capacity. There's good in people. Yeah, 100%. but not if, not if you just pay attention to your Instagram stories. Yeah, no, no, definitely that that's. Only pay attention to completely arbitrary Instagram. <laughs> we don't yeah. have Instagram yeah. stories. Sorry. We never post anything on there. Whoops. Uh, Casey, let's get into our review of the Andean Alder. Let's do it. We're going to give some final thoughts on this tree and then give it a rating of 0 to 10, Golden Cones of Honor. As our resident... Uh, as our, our as our resident uh, tree archaeologist, yes, okay, we'll, we'll begin with you. I appreciate that, Alex. Our uh, arborology, our 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 arborology, archaeobio Hold on, we got this. Bioarchaeology, archaeodendrology, archaeodendrology, archaeon, archaeon, dendron. Endron, archaeondronology. Archaeondronology. Yeah. Uh, archaeondronology. Yes. Archaeondronology. Yes, archaeondronology. As our local archaeondrologist. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's good. Everyone's probably like, their eyes are going crooked <laughs> right now. Sorry, everyone. Um, thank you, Alex. Um, so here is, I think, the, the thing with these trees. Just like the red alder, which, of course, we're going to cover, I'm sure, for some, some silly reason. Yeah. Um, this is a tree that, actually, no, I bet you not. The alders that we up in the northern hemisphere are mostly dealing with, a lot of people see as trash trees. They just think they're, they're awful trees. They mm-hmm. grow in trash places, and they do trash things, and they don't, they don't do anything. Everyone's like, well, that's a really gorgeous, good tree. At least that's what they, they, they think they see. And when we see alders, we see them, and we, I say, like the people who like work with alders in like an ecological fashion, yeah. there's a completely different thing. They're like, no, no, that tree is actively rehabilitating the landscape. It's doing it for its own good, yes, but its own good is also creating an entire ecosystem mm-hmm. for everything else. So I love that... The I'm willing to bet this is I'm going to go out on a limb here hey. that the Inca never saw the alder as a tree that's just a trash tree. 
I bet you not. that they were like, no, no, this is one of the single most useful trees that we can ever do. Yeah. Or we can ever plant. I mean, clearly it was very important. Yeah, you know? clearly. It rehabilitated this entire section. Yeah. So, and then they've, they've slowly disappeared since then. So it leads you to believe that maybe they brought it in and then it couldn't necessarily hold on. So like as they left, slowly but surely the trees left as well. So it makes me think that they brought the trees. Like that's kind of some of the archaeological evidence that they, they, the trees didn't just come in themselves. Sure. They were brought in. Of course. So um, I think for the Andean alder, even though it's not a superlative tree in a lot of ways, I'm going to give it a solid 7.9. That's really good. Because I just think it's a tree that deserves everything that it gets. Sometimes it sucks and it falls apart and it kind of looks silly, I'm sure. They, yeah. they don't necessarily have the beauty component, but they're a utility it's what they do. And yeah. They're like, I'm here. I'm an engineer. I will re-engineer this soil for you. Oh, thank you very much. Can I get one? No? Okay. I hate you guys. That's, <laughs> a, that's what I think the alder does. Like, every time I see an alder, I feel like it's always kind of spiting us because it's just like, everyone hates me, but I'm doing the hard work over but here. it's working so hard. Yeah, exactly. So, a selfless public servant. It's a selfless public servant. Yeah. I love I love this tree. And I also kind of think that um, the big ones and the gorgeous ones and the one in our photo that is going to be uh, our main photo for this. Yeah, uh, it's just a gorgeously formed tree. Like I, I think it has it. It's just understated. Seven point nine. Seven point nine golden cones of honor for the Andean alder from archaeodendronologist Casey Clapp. That was perfectly said, Alex. Well done. <laughs> um, this tree's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm big time on board with this with this tree. Okay. Uh. I love any tree that has any sort of historical significance. Mm-hmm. I love a utility tree. To me, I, you know, I don't know if I, I paint the same image of it being sort of spiteful. Oh, yeah. I think it's doing its job. It's a bit of a Bernie Sanders figure. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, ooh, I'm, 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 uh, ooh. Oh yeah, he's getting jazzy. I'm over receiving here. my my cone score. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna say eight point three. Eight point eight point three feels really good. Like a very mm. well deserved, hard earned. Yeah. Eight point three. I see. I agree. I think it's um, spectacular. Yeah, that's where I land. Beautiful. What a beautiful. What a beautiful tree. A great tree. Yeah. And one day I'll be able to say very clearly uh, exactly how that whole system works, and I'll do it as an active listener, Alex. The n- <laughs> Casey. Casey. It's time for a game. What? I am very excited. How about this? It's time for a new game that we have never played before. What? This is the Six Degrees of Wikitredia. Oh, my God. Here's how it works. Okay. I am going to open wikipedia.org. One of the best websites on the internet. Seriously, in all circumstances. On the left-hand column, there is a button that says Random Article. I will be clicking this button. Oh. We then have six hyperlinks to make it to a species of tree. Oh, my God. Can, are we both doing it? Like, um, I, I y- try to do it. You try to do it. I'm going to be doing it for both of us over here, but I encourage uh, you to follow along so that you can help find the lead to the next link. So I'm going to click that random article right now. Okay. We have Smokey the Bar. Smokey the Bar. And. Not, wow. the, not the bear. No, this is Smokey the Bar. It's an album by country music artist Hank Thompson. Ooh, old Hank Thompson. That's right. It was okay. released in 1969 by he, Dot Records. Uh, when I did that, just because I wanted to see what I would come up with, yeah. I got John Mitchell a hurler. 
How about that? Yeah, there you go. You never know uh, what you're going to get with random article. You never know. So, Casey, go ahead okay. and navigate yourself to Smokey the Bar. And we're going to take a look at this page together and see where our first, what our first hyperlink is going to be. I, I, might have a, uh, I might have a first, a first one. So I, I, I'm looking at this page. Okay. It's a country music album. All right. So under genre, it says country. I think country would be a good place to start to... Country music. Go toward yeah. trees. Okay. Or Alex, else you find trees, but in the country. You do. It's exactly right. In the city. But. All right. So here's my question. Do we have yes. a time limit on this? The episode has to end at a certain oh, point. Oh, what? But I'm not setting a timer. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do it. Country music. Con- we're going to country. Okay. Okay. That was step one. Mm. Let's see. Country music is a genre of popular music that originated with blues, mm. church music, such mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Southern gospel, yep. spirituals, old time and American folk music. All right. Forms including the Appalachian. Yep. Yep. Now, can we click on these things or, me, or look at them? Um, you can. You can. Uh, no, that okay. is not. That is cheating. Okay. You yeah. can't. You just have to look. Okay, this is a blind off. pick. All right. We I just see. have to trust that we're going in the right direction. Now, I see below that, Alex. Oh, yeah. It says uh, styles of New Mexico, Red Dirt, Tejano, Texas country, uh, and popularized in the southern and southwestern United States. Yeah. That's a great pick, Casey. I also happen to notice that it says harmonies often accompanied by string instruments such as electric and acoustic guitars is a hyperlink. Ah, okay. What are acoustic guitars made out of? Wood. Wood. What Ooh, is wood made out of? Trees. trees. But can that get us to a species? I, I think it can, but Ooh. I also like your idea with going with Southwestern. I hope everyone's on the seat of their pants right now. On the seat of, edge of their... I think this should feel like a speed run. I think we should. I think we should try to try to do it as quickly as possible. Okay. that feels fun. Yeah, all right. Like an Here. element of like, ooh, we got to go. Let's uh, let's do it. We're running out of time, Alex. I all bet right. you. Let's do. Uh, ooh, okay, okay. It, w- guitars. Let's do guitars. Oh, I was gonna say let's go with southern southwest southwestern United, United States. States. Okay. One, two, three, say what we're going to do. One, two, three. Southwestern, Southwestern United, United States. States. All right, we're yes. clicking on Southwestern United States. We have a region. Southwestern United States, also known as the American Southwest or simply the Southwest. It's a geographic and cultural region of this United States that include Arizona, New Mexico, adjacent portions of California, Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, Texas, and Utah. All right. Do you think we can, can we scroll down or can you only do this top section? Um, no, you can anything on this page. Ah, okay. All right. We're yeah. going to go down because I bet you we can find something down here uh, that talks about uh, the you know, history. Well, I see a geographical topographical section. Yeah, that's what I want. That's, and an ecological section. I like the ecological section, but the ecological section, Alex, has no hyperlinks. No hyperlinks. Neither does the geographical topographical uh, section. We have vegetation and terrain. I say we start there. Where is that? The very next one down. Uh, yes. Okay, okay. Hill okay. Country, well. Prickly pears, grasswoods, steps. Uh, There's no trees there technically, but we could probably click on cigar, saguaro cactus. Yes, where is that? Oh, yes, yeah, sa- saguaro yeah. cactus. Ooh, you there's wanna... also to the right, the Joshua tree, yucca brevifolia. Can we click on images? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a hyperlink. Okay. In the name, not the, not the image itself. We're clicking on Joshua tree. Okay. All right. I'm at Yucca Brevifolia. Does that count as a tree? Yes. Oh, no, it does not. <laughs> oh, what are we on? How many clicks is that? Uh, I think we're. this is our fourth. Oh, my God. Because we had, we had country music. Yeah. We had the Southwest. Yeah. So this is number three, I reckon. The No, no, the Southwest, uh, we clicked on the... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, we did. Yeah. Wow, okay, so we're only at four. We have three more. 
Yeah. Okay, Alex. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's go quick. All right. This is a this is Yucca brevifolia, aka yep. the Joshua tree. Yep. It's a monocotyledonous yep. <laughs> tree. Ooh, okay. Well, I, tree is a hyperlink, Casey. Oh, is it? Okay, but I don't think that's going to get us to a species. That's what I'm worried about. I 100% believe that it will. Okay, I have another proposal. Okay, what about uh, on taxonomy? It's named by George Engelman, who has many different species named after him. Uh, Casey, I think it is a long walk for a short drink, but I like the way you're thinking. George Engelman, let's do it. Okay, three, two, one. This is number four we're on now. George Engelman, also okay. known as George Engelman, okay, yeah. without oh, the E. Oh, yeah, I believe it's pronounced Jorg. Was a German-American botanist. He was uh-huh. instrumental in describing the flora of the West and North America, of yes. the West of North America. Yes, he was. Then very poorly known to the Europeans. He was particularly active in the Rocky Mountains and Northern Mexico. Yes, where uh, the um, uh, Engelman spruce is named after him. There you go. Do you oh, think that's on this page? I, that's, that is literally what I was hoping for. Let's see. Okay. Oh, Alex. Are control Fs allowed? No. But I found it anyway. Oh, under legacy. Under legacy. He is commemorated in the names of several plants, including yep. the Engelman oak, Engelman spruce, the Apache pine. Yep. Casey, are we going to Engelman's spruce? Hell no, we're going to Apache pine. Okay. It's so cool. Here we are. Yes! At Pinus Engelmanii. Yeah, you got it. Engelmanii. I found this tree in the mountains of Arizona uh, in this last uh, this big road trip. No we did. kidding. Yeah. We made it five steps this is easy Alex. of wikitredia i loved that yeah okay that I was think, so much fun i think we should do this again although the the addition is somebody should suggest where we start that's a lot of fun i think they should do that or hey, maybe about, give us the challenge like okay find it in uh find it start here get it in five sure start there get it in ten i love this idea okay that was the six degrees of wikitredia Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. All right. This week's question is from the Patreon, Casey. Ah, oh, yes. Actually, uh, right now we're gearing up to do a Q&A on That's that right. Patreon. So we chose a question from that. Uh, and Alex, tell us a little bit about that real fast. Well, if you're on... <laughs> Sorry. So I just can't. If you're on the fence about joining the Patreon, maybe this will maybe this will convince you one way or the other. Yeah, uh, we do patron exclusive Q and A's. So we say, hey, we post a text text uh, uh, post that yep. says, hey, we're doing a Q and A coming up here. Ask your questions in the comments. Mm-hmm. Everybody asks their questions. We answer as many as possible. Last time we did all of them. I'm assuming we're going to try to do that again. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like a way to, to, to interact with us, uh, you know. Very for, directly. Yeah. And that comes with, um, that comes with, any, with any tier of the Patreon, yeah. I think. You can get that uh, as uh, little as $1 a month. That's right. Mm-hmm. Our tip jar. Yeah. This particular question, Casey, is from Rex Wu. Hey, Rex. Hey. Long-time listener. Yeah. Rex has been around for a long time. I've Hi, seen Rex. Rex's name all over the place. Yeah. Uh, happy to have you with us for so long, Rex. Um, Rex asks, what happens when air bubbles get into xylem, the tree version of embolism? Mm -hmm. Can trees recover from that or will the tree just die? Yeah. Ooh, it's really hard. This makes my like, makes my arms like cramp. Yeah. To yeah. think about, it's not, I don't it, know it, why. It's a fair reason. I think. Well, you have a very. Uh, I think a, a, you embody the reactions in your whenever you imagine something. Yes, I think you have a very physical reaction to that kind of thing. It's true. Yeah. 
So I think, yeah, what you call Ooh. yourself a, an empath. Yeah. So you have that kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I see somebody like climbing a tall building, like uh-huh. free climbing, yeah. it makes me feel like I'm going to fall. You can feel the wind like at yeah. your back and howling and things. Ugh. You're crazy. But honestly, I feel like that has to be some kind of superpower. Where, like if you can see something, you can like get their uh get their feelings without even touching or seeing them it's like a it's life. like a superpower that like it's the it's the negative side effect of a superpower that i don't know yet oh like, i well, see what is the power yeah. part of that exactly and then one day it's gonna dawn on you and then you'll start flying around and saving <laughs> you know planets and things yeah it, it yeah, increases my my capacity to love yes <laughs> and if that's not a superpower alex <laughs> i don't know what is Great uh, question, though. Yeah, an awesome question. It really yeah. caught my eye. Well, this is uh, this is kind of an interesting thing. We're in uh, the the normal season of drought in the Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah. Um. So it is. Uh, yeah, it's hot. We I, there was a little bout of rain the other day at my house, which is great. No kidding. So essentially, um, a while back we talked about um, how water is moved up through uh, through a tree. Right. And essentially, at, at the very base of a tree, um, the atmosphere is pushing on the ground at one atmosphere. That's the measurement. So right now, there's literally miles of air above us, mm-hmm. and that actually it has a weight. It's being pulled down by gravity. And that is uh, that measurement at ground level is one atmosphere's worth of pressure. Okay. And that pushes on the ground, and then the ground that ends up kind of pushing water kind of creates the impetus for water to start being sucked up into the tree roots and things. Oh, Basically, there's a little bit of pressure. There's also gradients. So that, with capillary action and a couple different other things, essentially, as the tree or as the water rises in the trees, it grows up in pressure. Mm-hmm. Till at the very top of some of the tallest trees, it's like at 16 atmospheres of pressure inside the leaf, which is like a crazy amount of pressure. Like, so it's just insane. If you took one of those leaves and broke it open, would it like would it like squirt a little water in your hand? No, it really wouldn't because Alex, they're so tiny. Yeah. Like this is like the size of a cell's worth of of opening okay. in the stomata cells which have guard cells on either side. So it's like a little tiny chamber that opens and closes. So it's so small that we can't even feel the pressure. Oh. Because it's at such a teeny tiny little little I bit. I see. But what happens is, um, and this is uh, kind of a weird thing, where if you get that embolism, where if water is getting pulled out of the leaves, it's constantly coming out through photosynthesis, and mm-hmm. just it's just kind of escaping. Well, as that escapes, essentially water is then pulled up a little bit because you have one full straw's worth of water from the leaves out to the very, very end of the roots. If one of those tubes has the water, uh, that, that suction, that connection of water broken because it can't push up enough water or enough water isn't pulled up um, while the other water above is pulled out, that's when that embolism happens. Okay. And it's essentially the same as an embolism where the water then loses its pressure and then you can actually get that cell to break and die. Hmm. So when that happens, when that connection is broken, if there is enough water that's coming, then sometimes the tree can push up water using energy and actually get it back out and it can save itself. Okay. Um, this happens in, like, say, plants that you see wilt. That water is just about gone, and then when you add some more water to it, it pumps it back up and it, it unsprouts. Yeah. 
So if you ever see a wilting plant, that plant is in need of water. Sure. Um, but if you have that embolism, most of the time, everything above that embolism will die because it oh, loses wow. water and it can't be replaced quick enough. Where if it's just a tiny one, like maybe it's just a, a little teeny uh, break where some of that water's gone, all the leaves are like, I need water. Oh, okay, it's back. That usually works out. But unfortunately, usually when you get that kind of uh, break in the water table, in that water column, it cannot be uh, repaired until like the next fall. Whoa. So then that tree essentially, the whole top starts to flag and die. And that's when you get drought dieback at the top of trees. Yeah. Because those are the very end things where the water comes up as far as it can. And it gets out to almost every, every leaf and every uh, branch at a certain level. But then up at the top, at the extremities, it just can't quite reach there. Pop. The embolism happens, and it doesn't, like, explode necessarily. This is all on the cellular level. Sure. You just lose that connection, so then all the water gets sucked up, and then the water that's down there uh, below either has to be pushed up or the cells die before they can actually keep moving the water through. Jeez. So it's not the whole tree. It's just essentially everything above that point. And that can just happen randomly to yeah, any tree? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. And there's a, there's a weird, um, well, I guess I should say, some trees are better at compartmentalizing it. Mm-hmm. So if you get that embolism and that tree or that cell is damaged, they'll close it off and just say, goodbye, everything up there cannot be supported, so we're just going to focus all of our energy on everything else that's down here. And it'll maybe send out some new, sh- new shoots yeah. out, of its, uh, out of its butt. Yeah, exactly. And that would be, you know, the next year. Sure. Um, now, where a tree's butt is, Alex, I don't know. <laughs> I know question. where it is. Oh, ooh. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's on, on the, the Patreon. Yeah, it's on the arbitrary fans only page. Yeah. Only, only fans. fans. Damn it! What is that? I, I hate the internet. You've got it in this. You got it in your I head do. that it's fans only. Casey. I do. I don't know why. I don't know how. <laughs> anyway, the um. That's like uh, the. That's like the. That's like the off-brand. Yeah. Only fans. Yeah, exactly. That's the cheaper one. That's, yeah. yeah. Oh well. Thank you, Rex, for your question. If you have a question about trees, either join the Patreon or send us an email at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod at gmail.com. Join us on our Instagram at arbitrarypod. Or like we've said, you can join the Patreon to support this podcast. Five or $10 a month. You can get two bonus episodes a month. Or... I wish I should say and or, uh-huh. because you also get the two bonus episodes when you join the Cone of the Month Club. Yes. And we send you a unique die-cut cone sticker exactly illustrated right. by an independent artist printed locally here in Portland, Oregon, every single month. Very nice. Very lovely. This month, I August, I'm not sure what the cone is going to be. Ooh. So that's actually, no, Casey, I do know what the cone is going to be. I was going to say this is unlike you, so I bet you just uh, haven't decided I had, yet. I had, yeah, I, I had either forgotten or not decided. Should we spoil it? Uh, yeah, I love spoilers. This month's cone is the Bunya. Oh, man, the Bunya Bunya, the heaviest, the largest, the single biggest of all cones. Yeah. I love that. It's a big I'm daddy. so excited. And this one is illustrated by Natalia Puerta, uh, Nats and Me. Follow her on Instagram. She's a really talented, very, very, very specific style that yeah, makes yeah, this yeah. cone look very fun. I'm just, I'm very excited about it. Me too. Cool. Uh, Casey. Alex, great job today. You too. It was, I'll, I'll be honest, Case. Okay. 
it was a bit it felt like a bit of a marathon brain session mm. for me yeah yeah um i'm starting to i'm starting to sort of zone out and i need a nap <laughs> okay that's very fair <laughs> Uh, I, I almost uh, gave you a, an article, only the abstract of an article to read. Um, it was one of those situations where you're reading it and like every other word is extremely complicated and you're never sure exactly what they're trying to say. Oh my God. Like you have to be such an in-group to where it's just you and that person who yeah. understand what they're talking about. It was insane. You I, almost sent me this? <laughs> I almost did just because, I, I don't know, it's kind of fun to be like, hey Alex, uh, read this live, would you? It, you know. Oh yeah, it's really fun to <laughs> laugh at the clown, to point <laughs> no. at the dunce in the corner. Well, it's only because I like I also can't do it. Uh-huh. So, and you're always like, when when you first started this, you would read the scientific names. You'd be like, what is this? This is it's still like it's unbroken territory. Now you got the scientific names down. I'm this so, is, this I'm, is the only thing. I'm offended. You sh- I, I, there's supposed to be resolution. The fight continues. <laughs> Tune in next time to find out what happens. Thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.